This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Measured Thoughts on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here's your host, David Reepstein. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Measure Thoughts on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. I'm your host, Dave Reepstein, a professor of marketing here at the Wharton School, and I'm joined, as always, with my co-host and Ph.D. candidate of marketing and business ethics here at the at the Wharton School, Sunil Betty. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. It's uh, nice to be here in another fine week that we have here in beautiful Philadelphia. This is the week. This is the week leading up to the Super Bowl, which is the bonanza of uh, of marketing. Absolutely. Uh, it, it once again having a marketing department Super Bowl party. This year, I'm not hosting it. You're for, not hosting for the it. First time in, in how long? In decades. Wow. Decades. Wow. Um, but it's going to be. And and again, we all sit around. We talk, talk, talk during all the game, and then commercial <laughs> silence. Just Everybody's silence. silent as you got to watch all it. the commercials, and that's just what marketing professors do. I so love it. it's uh, it's exciting that we're at Super Bowl week. Um, there's been some interesting research that I just saw that came in today that sort of talked about ads and and what types of ads are very effective. First of all, Super Bowl ad. I think this year is going to cost a little bit more than five million dollars wow. for a thirty second spot. Wow, and so. You know, what are the implications of all of that? But this one survey that I saw, which was 2,000 people, it said 77% of the people voted that politically charged ads are not that compelling. Hmm. So if there's some ads that are uh, politically charged, not so good. But 60% of ads that are funny sort of motivate people to buy immediately. Hmm. Fascinating to hear that. Yeah. I, I hope our advertisers out there are listening to that. Intriguing. 61.8% of respondents said they believe they are less motivated to make a purchase if a celebrity was featured in the commercial. I kind of believe that, though. And you know what? I really do. Um, uh, let me tell you what my overall reaction is to all of these. Yeah. This is what people said on the survey. Sure. And so what people do versus what they say it's very, yeah, very different. You true. see some celebrity, you go, oh, well, you know, I'm not going to pay attention to that. But then later, it's sort of authenticated, you yeah. know, and so you feel like, oh, this is legit. Or if so, it's a celebrity you really care about, you can imagine. So amazing, amazing stuff. Mm-hmm. But let's talk to some advertisers. Absolutely. So, um, without further ado, let's turn to Luke Cole, the head of brand build and marketing for snacks, desserts, and seasonals at the Kraft Heinz Company. Luke, you've got to have the biggest business card in, in the business with that title. So welcome. Glad to have you on the program. Great. Thanks for having me. Um, so let's start with, what is your job? Yeah, so I, I essentially do the, the marketing and the brand build, exactly what it kind of sounds like. For the <laughs> and uh, seasonal brands, so that's kind of brands like Planters Peanuts is obviously our big one. Uh, nutrition, I work on Jell-O, um, Stovetop, a whole bunch of other brands um, within the snacks and desserts portfolio. And what's your what's your background? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, no problem. Um, so I've been working at Kraft, uh, well, now Kraft Heinz, for about 10 years. Uh, I spent the first five years of those in Canada working on some Canadian businesses. So I've worked on mac and cheese and Tassimo in Canada, uh, then moved to the U.S. Uh, for the last five years at Kraft Heinz, working on brands uh, such as Maxwell House Coffee, Mio, 
you know, worked on Capri Sun a little bit and some Kool-Aid businesses. So mostly in the beverages businesses, but, um, you know, all, all basically in food at Kraft Heinz. So one of my all-time favorite uh, students, former students, had been the chief marketing officer of Kraft, Paula Sneed. And she's no longer there. I think she's retired, which says how long I've been doing this. <laughs> when your students start retiring, you know you've been in the business for a long time. But um, she always spoke very highly about the marketing that was done at Kraft, and I was always very impressed by that. Um, and so you've got a good position with a great company there, so that's great. Um, you mentioned um, Planters Peanuts, and uh, talk about what that product is, and that's the one that you're going to be advertising in the Super Bowl this year, is, is that right? That's correct. Yeah, Planters is uh, an amazing brand. You know, it's been around for 123 years. Um, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's it's a long time. And, and Mr. Peanut, who's obviously our brand icon, uh, he's he's over 100 years old now, so he's 103. Um, you know, he's never had a trip to Super Bowl, so we thought it was time uh, to bring him into the mix. But you know, it's a, it's a global brand, uh, one of the largest. You know, it is the largest snack nut brand in the U.S. We do everything from you know, peanuts to cashews to mixed nuts. Uh, on-the-go nuts, you know, uh, everything you could think of, but they're all really under that planter's brand, um, and, you know, it's a staple in most households. I should send you a picture of my uh, kitchen because sitting on my counter is one of the biggest darn cans of uh, Mr. Peanut Peanuts because <laughs> I just love your your salted peanuts that are there, and I, I find it to be a great snack. So oh, yeah. uh, you've got a good product to be working with. Yeah. You, know, you know, when I think about craft, there's so many different products that you have. Uh, how is it you decided that you were going to um, support Mr. Peanut this year? And you said this is the first time Mr. Peanut's been on the Super Bowl? That's correct, yeah. Planters was actually in there 10, 11 years ago, but never Mr. Peanut. Ah, okay. And what was the what was behind the decision to pick Mr. Peanut this year? Yeah, I mean, listen, it, it seemed like a very natural fit for us. Like I said, Planters is you know the number one snack nuts brand out there. Super Bowl is the biggest snack nut or the snacking day of the year, right? So kind of just made a ton of sense for those two to go together. I think, um, you know, there's that huge in-store opportunity that comes along with with that day. It's, again, a very important day for snacking, and, and it just makes sense that we're part of that conversation. Um, you know, other reasons, a couple of reasons more, you know, our, our consumers are a little bit older, so 55 plus, uh, 50% of our consumers are, are over the age of 55. And the Super Bowl really creates that opportunity to, to age down a little bit um, for a consumer, which we're trying to do. And, you know, that that day is extremely important for my target market, who's that Gen X male. Um, for him, this is the biggest day of the year, so we really want to make sure we're there for that day uh, and that an important day for him. And, you know, he's considering planters when he's kind of looking, looking through all those snack choices out there. Well, so, you know, in the first part of this segment, we just had uh, Pringles on and um, – They've got to be one of your competitors for this snack food at the Super Bowl. Well, yeah, absolutely. I and mean, I think historically we've thought of ourselves more within the, the snack nuts category. Um, right. More recently we said, hey, how do we kind of broaden that uh, and reframe ourselves in the much larger salty snack category? So, yeah, I would say that would be a competitor now, whereas maybe if you asked that question two or three years ago, it may not have been uh, the case. And that's, again, another reason why we kind of want to get ourselves into the mix uh, at the Super Bowl, which is that big day of the year for snacking. So uh, the reason I asked that question is sort of what you just alluded to. I wanted to know how how you defined your you, – you know, you look at your market share, and um, 
Actually, I'll tell you a quick story. I was at, at Disney once, and I asked them what their market share was. <laughs> and they said, uh, we don't normally look at our market share, but if we had to, we would think about our share of disposable income. So they defined it very, very broadly. When you think about your market share, um, you think about your market share as the share of the peanut business, your share of the uh, nut business, um, your share of the salted snack business, your share of the snack business. How do you think about that? That's, that's a great question. I think, you know, historically, we had looked at it as a nut market share, uh, getting upwards of 30 to 40% and growing as we start getting larger and that market opportunity starts to cap out a little bit. I think it only makes sense to broaden that uh, and to bring in, um, you know, some some growth from adjacent categories. So, you know, if you ask me that question today, I would say it's the salty snack category. Uh, we're aggressively going and going after that segment and, uh, you know, trying to grow there. Okay. And, and what, what are you doing specifically to try and broaden that market other than just being on the Super Bowl? Sure. And, and maybe that's it. Maybe being on the Super Bowl is the answer. Yeah, well, that's certainly one part of it. I think, uh, you know, that strategy is going to extend beyond just advertising. You know, as we look at our innovation coming out in April, you'll see some salty snacks that are, you know, still within peanuts as its core, but it does kind of bridge us into that salty snack ter- territory with mixing in elements of like pretzels and things like that. So uh, it's beyond advertising, but I think definitely, certainly the, adver- the advertising of the Super Bowl is that first step to kind of establishing that platform and being there uh, for him, uh, our Gen X male at that, at that time. So t- talk to us for a little bit. I'm very curious uh, about the internal process that you had to go through to convince people to uh, let's do a Super Bowl ad. Because as you said, you hadn't been on the Super Bowl for um, for more than 10 years. Mm-hmm. And so what was that process and how difficult was it internally? And, and what did you have to do to get that uh, accomplished? Yeah, no, I mean, first and foremost, right, we look at our brand, and we have a massive brand in planters. Uh, it is growing. We're in a category which is very healthy. Um, so, you know, the opportunity was definitely there to put a stake in the ground and make that investment. I think um, it was time to kind of start acting like that and spending uh, our resources uh, behind something like that uh, to make that, you know, that giant push. Um, again, it, Lots of reasons and justification go into it, but I think it was a fairly easy decision to make once we kind of aligned on what to do there. Um, you know, again, strong brands, strong category. We have a very sound strategy in place that we felt really good about. And once you kind of check off those boxes and you decide that you're in a best business for Kraft Heinz, um, the, the organization was extremely supportive of us kind of getting behind that and, um, and, and having a role in the game. Let me remind our audience, you're listening to Measured Thoughts on Sirius XM 132 Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. And you can give us a call at 1-844-WHARTON. That's 1-844-942-7866. And we're currently speaking to Luke Cole. And Luke, I want to get in and ask you uh, about what you're doing for the Super Bowl and what's that specific ad that you're showing. Tell us a little bit about the ad. Yeah, so... Uh, the ad, I mean, I can't give away a ton because obviously we haven't launched it yet. Uh, that will be being released tomorrow. So what I can tell you is, you know, it's we looked at the developing of this thing was was more looked at like a, like a little short movie, right? So it has everything from celebrities to pyrotechnics, special effects. This thing is explosive, uh, and we're super excited about it. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, I think you know, we're, we're we're super excited about it. But again, the storyline is really the strategy is 
like we talked about, you know, Mr. Peanut and Planters Peanuts are there for you when you need that salty snack and that fix. So we kind of have your back at that time. And the storyline is about Mr. Peanut and he's kind of saved A-Rod, uh, Alex Rodriguez, from a snacking disaster. So that's as much as, much as I can tell you about the storyline, but I'm uh, super excited for everyone to kind of see that tomorrow when it goes live. Yeah, you're going to do that in 30 seconds? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the feature film in 30 seconds. I yeah. like that. So you you did let out of the bag that it's A-Rod that is your celebrity. Correct, yeah. Um, and I'm curious, how did you go about deciding A-Rod? Because, you know, it's, it's very interesting making a decision, first of all, we're going to have a celebrity, and suddenly, cha-ching, the cost of doing that uh, ad goes up. And then secondly, um, deciding who that uh, the celebrity would be. So talk a little bit about uh, both those decisions. A, we want to use the celebrity, and I also heard you say celebrities. And um, and then how you decided A-Rod. Yeah, I mean, the process is obviously when you start, right, there's a bunch of options on the table. Um, and I think we looked for people who, like I said, Mr. Peanut is there for you in those crunch time situations, right? That's kind of the strategy, and that's what the advertising's about. So we wanted to look for someone who historically has been there for their teams or their families. Um, so A-Rod, you know, being the Grand Slam leader of all time was just a perfect fit. The guy is a baseball legend, and, it's, you know, he, he was there for his team in the clutch. So we thought even him, to demonstrate that even him, uh, or he needs a little bit of help at times, Mr. Peanut's there, uh, and we'll have his back. So kind of that's where we landed on A-Rod. Um, okay. And, uh, and why specifically A-Rod? Is it, I mean, maybe you just answered that, of, uh, you know, he, he sort of fits the bill and did so well with the team uh, and was there in the, in the clutch. Was that sort of what you were thinking about? Yeah, is that, and then he's also a very well-recognized man and, you know, a sports athlete, and, um, you know, we, we thought it was a great fit for the spot. I was wondering whether or not his association with J-Lo is, uh, he's still being recognized because he's fairly visible on that front as well. Yeah, it certainly, certainly doesn't hurt. Yeah. Is there anything about, uh, you know, the fact that you guys, you know, as you said, your, your, your competition, your market, market share, as, as, as Dave said, might be, you know, greater than just the nut. It might just be, you know, might be snacks. Um, but in that, in that market, in the snacks market, I view, you know, peanuts as a healthier snack, a snack that is, whether it's salted or unsalted, better than necessary, you know. Than Luke, than Luke's been every time throwing that in there, that adjective in there, a healthy snack. So yeah. I, I agree with that. That's and part so, of why it's my snack. Right. And so I want – maybe you could speak a little bit to that, Luke. I mean, is that is that part of the – whether it's Super Bowl or not not the Super Bowl? I mean, given you have an athlete, you're using an athlete um, uh, in, in the ad. Is there some kind of image that you're trying to create uh, around that as well? I mean, it's certainly – a factor in nuts and how we stand out and you know we talk about point of difference versus some of the other salty snacks that are out there it's certainly one of them i think common knowledge that nuts are a healthier option than like a potato chip so to speak but um so we don't necessarily speak to that a ton in our advertising because it's just common knowledge sure. i think what we're pushing more is to consider it in those opportunities not because of the healthiness but you know Really, we put our hat on the crunchiness and the satiation, the filling uh, experience you get from a nut, right? You don't feel bad indulging and having that, sure. uh, that filling satiation between, say, lunch and dinner where you want something and you eat a potato chips, a bag of chips, you'll feel a little bit guilty about it. Yeah, you're eating a healthier snack that'll fill you up. Uh, crunchy nuts are they're an amazing food um, for sure. And again, we just want to be in that consideration set when, when our guy's making that decision. Yeah, that makes sense. And so, you know, you mentioned that, you know, you haven't done this uh, for the past 10 years. So 
given that this is going to be such a you know a you know a momentous uh, time in 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 the planter's brand, I wonder uh, you know have you thought about how you're going to measure the success of this? Uh, uh, you know what kinds of metrics you're going to look at? Have you start to, have you already started to measure? Uh, you know maybe spikes and, and how are you going to continue? Uh, you know the increase in you know sales or awareness that happens. You know hopefully ideally after the Super Bowl. Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, a huge part of the decision is building out those KPIs and kind of measuring those as we go. I think the one, the, the first one is obviously awareness. So, you know, we want to, you're meeting 1,100 million impressions on the Super Bowl. But I think I heard the conversation earlier on the, on the Pringles conversation, caught the tail end of that. It's much beyond, it goes much more beyond just those original um, impressions. There's a pre PR that goes into it, right? And then there's the post-game um, impressions that you're getting. So, you know, I've heard, I'm not going to speak to our specific APIs, but I've heard brands going upwards of three to five billion impressions um, from media alone. Wow. That's one for sure that we're, we're, we're watching very closely um, and making sure we hit our objectives there. Second one I would say is retail sales lift. So, you know, it's harder to measure implications of consumers buying right away, obviously, because when they see the ad to when that translates into consumption is, is a little bit tricky. But we are looking at retail sales in terms of uh, volume that are in displays and those kind of things. So we have some metrics around that. Um, third, I would say, is the social side of this. So the shared rate is what we call it. We do uh, shared impressions. Essentially, that calculation is shared impressions over total impressions uh, to give you a metric of how many people actually shared this thing. Uh, it's added an interesting enough to share. So we have some goals around those specific share share rate. Um, and then the last one we look at is brand health. So we have some metrics in place just to measure, you know, the attitudinal equity and kind of how close the consumer feels to that brand. And we measure that before uh, and we measure that afterwards. So we feel like with those four metrics, we really get a holistic picture of how the Super Bowl performed. All, all of them make tons of sense to me. But my guess is it's hard to justify the spend unless you see it in retail sales. And so ultimately, you know, we want our brand health getting better. We want a lot of people sharing. Uh, we want certainly all of those impressions. But all of that is to the funnel in and to retail uh, sales. I understand you don't see the retail sales immediately. But I'm assuming that you're looking to see that there's got to be sufficient lift to justify this, this total spend. Yeah, absolutely. And again, it's hard to isolate the Super Bowl specifically. We look at the year uh, and you know, because what role did that Super Bowl play in the entire year, and how we spent our budget this year versus last year, and measuring the efficiencies and the effectiveness of that over the, the span of kind of a year, as opposed to just the Super Bowl from a sales perspective. Um, I assume you are you guys internally having a big uh, Super Bowl watch party so you can watch your ad and celebrate. Yeah, I'm going to be in New York with my agency uh, watching. That's going to be a big war room. Uh, watching, we got some exciting things going on on social media during the game, so we'll be very actively participating. That, that sounds great. So good luck with it, and uh, I hope uh, A-Rod catches all the peanuts and, and that it is a very successful Super Bowl run. Great. Thank you very much for having me. Appreciate the call. Well, thank you very much. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play. 